We turned out in record numbers in November 2020, and we showed our power in Georgia. Now we have the chance to show up to the polls and make a difference again here in Virginia. There's so much on the line for our communities in the upcoming elections, for governor and other offices. Our votes have real power, so let's use that power to elect leaders who will look out for what matters to us. Rally your friends, everyone you know, to vote early until October 30th, or vote on Election Day, November 2nd. Pay for by the NAACP. Cut the music up. A little louder. Yeah. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. Today's show is being presented by Hazel Sky and Smoke Shop, San Antonio's number one premier upscale smoke shop. Make sure you visit their website at hazelskyonline.com. And this first segment of the next hour is going to be sponsored by Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a virtual, full virtual insurance broker who can handle all your insurance needs and find you the best rate out there. That's because he represents over 40 different carriers for insurance, whether it's auto, life, home, or renters. Give him a call. His number is 210-641-4000. That's Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the sports drive. Um... Yeah, so the Spurs, they're, they're, that's going to be interesting how they look at the uh, radar. I mean, because to me, man, I, I really think with who's involved now, uh, what's going on, uh, how it's going to go down, I, I just feel that everything points to me, in my opinion, as eventually um, that there's going to be a connection between our San Antonio Spurs and Austin. And, and and what I mean by that is that I really feel that when that time comes for a new arena and you got new ownership, because I think when you buy in a new ownership and the level that Dale has come involved in this, and we're talking about the new era, because what you got is you got a bunch of billionaire owners. I mean, let me rephrase that. You got a bunch of billionaire people, business entrepreneurs, that they're looking at sports and really coming across their radar that sports is really, as each year passes, is coming more of a big, big business. And when you're talking about franchises such as little old San Antonio Spurs being valued at maybe $1.5 billion to $1.8, considering the market we're in, that, anybody that's got the money to own a team um, is going to be in the play. But when you get these owners of what we've seen in the last or these groups, you know, I know we're dealing with a group here, but when we get these groups of ownership, when you buy into that level of a team in the modern way of doing things, and we talked about it with Steve Ballman with the Clippers, you're looking at pretty much going in with the new idea of a new arena eventually. And I know years ago that they just did a couple hundred million dollar renovations and stuff, but I just feel when that time comes and they start, whether they want to go to the t- city, ask for help or whatever, I think the idea if they ever get a new arena, it's going to land between here and Austin, you know? Um, that's just the way, that's just my opinion. And it even basically, I thought that way before Dell was the company that emerged to uh, come in as one of the buyers. But that's the way I feel on that. And the whole name and rights thing, I don't know if that's something they're going to rush into based on a kind of change of new flux of ownership coming in as well. We just have to keep our eye on that. 736-9760. Before we leave the NBA scene, some other stuff outside of just besides the NBA finals starting tonight is that a couple reports, according to multiple reports, uh, the Miami Heat, the Dallas Mavericks, 
are expected to make a strong move at Kawhi Leonard this summer. Sam's giving me that look to the screen like, really? But what you get the gas face on that one for, Sam? What, what, what was that? Because the Dallas is rumored to be in there? Or what's your thoughts on it? Is it more about Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, I mean, more about Kawhi Leonard. I mean, okay. the fact that he went through everything he did to get a return to his hometown, and now we're throwing rumors about he's going to be a three-hour plane ride from there if he goes to Dallas, or he's going to be on the whole other side of the country if he goes to Miami. I, 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 I just don't. I don't I don't see the need to get lost in the rumors right now around Kawhi Leonard. I mean, I I agree with no you. No one man. knows what he's going he's the guy he, of any star player in the NBA. He's got to be the hardest to predict what he's actually wanting to do. So I mean, it feels like such a wasted effort now to even that's read fact. a headline about where he's considering or who's going to pitch him. Well, that's a good point. Um, I agree with that. Um, the only reason why I brought it up was the fact that it's a 35-mile connection uh, down 35 uh, north there to Dallas area to where he was once in San Antonio, but also the Miami. The Miami doesn't shock me, but I do agree with you in regards to the unpredictable. Because first of all, the first things first is we've just got to find out what his health is going to be like. I mean, is this injury that kept him out the rest of the playoffs and the rest of the Western, the, the whole Western Conference Finals pretty much, is this is this going to be uh, an injury that deserves to be surgery to cut on? That That's something else. And I think that's part of his team kind of being tight-lipped about not wanting to talk about this surgery. But you make a good point, Sam. I mean, with this guy, and, and you know, like I said, this was – you know, this was reported on CBS Sports, a couple outlets, but I agree with you. It's one of those situations that it's hard to kind of gauge what's in his head. I think the speculation is there and going to be put out there because of the fact that there was rumors out there that he was unhappy with another medical staff, you know, team, as such as that. So people, whether they're Kawhi haters or whatever, they're going to run with that. But I agree with you on the rumor mill that is kind of, you know, kind of early from that. But definitely doesn't surprise me that Miami, the Heat, would be um, mentioned as one of those. Um, moving on for the NBA, so we'll we'll get game two, uh, game one reaction tomorrow. Like I said, for the record, I'm going with the Suns. Sam's going with the Suns. We'll see how it plays out starting tonight. Um, moving to the NFL because we're a few weeks out for training camp. One of the other things that developed why uh, since I've been off um, is old Dallas Cowboys. Guess Jerry couldn't resist himself. Uh, Dallas has agreed to go be uh, the team on hard knocks. Now, this is Dallas. If I'm not mistaken, this is their second stint on Hard Knocks since they created. I think it's their third, It's their third one? Yeah, because they did two within the first, like, five years of the show. Okay, the one that stands out the most was Dave Campo doing the helicopter. That that, whole clown situation. Getting pantsed on the practice field. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Look, man, you know, Hard Knocks has become that program that a lot of teams aren't running to go do like they used to. You know, then it morphed into like, well, you know, we've got to, what teams are we going to get to? Is it, a, is it a coach? That's, you know, John Gruden, the Raiders were there. Yeah, big figure, big personality. The move to Vegas, that made sense. Um, for a team, I'm not going to totally kill them for it, but for it, because I get it from a business standpoint where Jerry's coming from, but from a team that basically really had, what do you want to say, because the devastating injury to Dak – but a team that had a very, very disappointing season, a team that has basically under an old regime, coaching regime, maybe this is Mike McCarthy's second one, but a team that's been known for, like, not doing well with distractions. 
And on top of that, you're you know you're bringing in a new defensive coordinator. Your first round pick was a defensive, uh, you know, rookie coming out of Penn State and Mr. Parsons. I, I don't know if it's such a good idea. I, I understand why they're doing it. Um, you know, I, I I thought this was a second. I didn't realize that they had this was on their third one. Um, I just think of the team, the where they're coming at, because when you look at it, the division of the NFC East is really theirs to lose. I know we got to go. I usually do my predictions for divisions once we get into, you know, preseason, maybe game two or three after that dress rehearsal, then I'll come in seeing what injuries, and I'll give my predictions of where I think each team's going to finish, or not say each team, but the division winner of each division. But I will tell you right now, as we sit here on July 5th, that the NFC East is really the Cowboys to to lose, uh, based off of injuries. Um, when you look at that situation, so to me, is it one of those that you really want to run the risk of Maybe a distraction, maybe this coming up, but I don't know. I mean, but I I, I was kind of I won't say that I was shocked, but I was a little surprised at what the kind of the season that they're coming off of and what's at stake. You know, that's the forty million dollar man and all that. It kind of did surprise me a little bit that Jerry and them that would go ahead and decide to want to participate in hard knocks. How do you feel about that? Man? Yeah, it feels to me more like a reset for the organization. I mean, a the reset. Fact that, yeah, because you're looking. You know, we have this narrative of what the Cowboys have become, what they are, what we see week in and week right. out during the regular season. And you talk about their first two appearances. I mean, that was, I think, 02 and 08, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you know, this is a, the only thing that is the same is the Jerry, uh, the Jones family name. So, I mean, okay. you're looking at, you know, not only do you have, I mean, there's no Jason Garrett attached to this thing in, in any former capacity. I mean, you're, you got Mike McCarthy coming in with a hot seat after having no training camp or any time with with the new organization last year. So you're getting a full, you know, preseason training camp, off season program under McCarthy. Yeah, you're getting Dak coming back. Like you said, there's no more questions about whether Dak's going to be here for the next four to six years. He's hmm. signed long term. Just feels like it's it's a good it's a good jumping point for the organization okay. to get back in the national limelight because they expect I mean they have everybody in that building has massive expectations of what this season's going to look like and I think starting off by dominating the preseason headlines with an appearance on Hard Knocks is is in Jerry's mind how he sees you know their first step to relevance again in, in this new era. Well the way you broke that down Sam I think you might have hit a judge uh a judge home run an Aaron Judge home run which the Yankees <laughs> ain't hitting too many home runs lately they struggling by the way at the plate but yeah I, I guess if you if you spin it that way I mean and and you talk about a rebranding um yeah I guess so I mean you got you got a veteran coach in McCarthy and honestly you know, this whole narrative, because we talked about it about a week or so or two on the show, this whole narrative about, you know, McCarthy being on the hot seat coming in, I mean, it's hard for me to to jump on that bandwagon. I, I think things would have to really go sour. And when I say sour, meaning like you didn't really have that energy, that those injuries, but we see the growth from, you know, um, on the defensive side. Okay, with Dan Quinn, we see the growth there, but for whatever reason, the office just took all the way back. 
those are the, and then on top of that, you let somebody like a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I think Washington's football team, which I want to get to them because they're in the news, get my thoughts on that. They're fine that they got from the league. But if you have a Ryan Fitzpatrick-led Washington football team, a rebuild in Philly with Jalen Hurts, and we really don't know yet what Hurts has at this level, um, and the Giants, which I think are going to be competitive with Judge and his whole, hey, as long as I'm here, we ain't going to quit. We're not going to do that, that guy. And 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 you got to look at the Giants because this is I, I know one thing about a crucial uh, Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes they call him, and they're and that GM Gettleman, those two. This is definitely a crucial third year for them. This is definitely crucial for them because both of them might be out if the Giants don't show or Daniel Jones don't show some promise because Gettleman's the one that swore up and down. He knew what he was doing when he got him. He took a lot of criticism in that market when he went with Daniel Jones. But for a fact, so if you put all those factors of what those other three teams in the NFC East are dealing with, despite Washington being the team that won and gone to playoffs and their defense is going to be good, I still think since Dallas is to lose barring injuries. But I think it would go something crazy would have to go down uh, for, for you know Jerry to pull the plug on McCarthy just in his third year. 736-9760. We get back. We'll get to Lewis's phone call. You listen to the Sports Grind broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760. Calvin Casey, Sam Spin, the one and twos. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zing. There's two words are key to a perfect cocktail every time, and that's Zing Zing. They're the number one Bloody Mary mix in the country. They now probably offer a wide range of mixers made with all natural ingredients, margaritas, pina colada, strawberry, and daiquiris. Or you can just add your favorite liquor. That is Zing Zing, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Seven three six nine seven six. We're gonna go to the phone, but I definitely I knew there was something else I wanted to touch on. Being off, you know, having the week last week, everything that took place, and being off three or four days, there were some things that got. But definitely want to talk about the Shakari Richardson situation. Got my thoughts on that on the young lady um, Olympian that um, is going to be suspended uh, for testing positive for marijuana. Uh, but before we get into that and circle back a little bit to the NFL, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Lewis. Lewis, you're on the sports crowd here on Ticket 760. What's up, Lewis? Hey, what's going on, Calvin? Just what's wanted up, to man? kind of call him, man. Support you. I know it's first first show back without without Rudy. It sounds pretty good, though, with, with oh. having uh, Sam Shine in, man. He always has good takes. So. I appreciate that, Lewis. Thanks for the support, man. Appreciate you tuning yeah, in. Yes, sir. So, but I wanted to uh, talk about the finals. Um, the, I think the Bucks have the, the better team. I think mm-hmm. they have the... It's going to be good. Actually, I think they match up pretty good. Without without a Giannis, it's going to be tough for them. But I think they have the better second team. And the way the reason I say that is because uh, uh, I think Payne will make a difference on on the second team. But after losing Divincenzo, it, it kind of affects them quite a bit. So um, Brian Forbes and Connington are going to really have to go all out on, on that three point for them to even have a chance. But um, I, I got I got the Suns in six games. I think they end up winning. And about the Cowboys, I wanted to ask you guys real quick. So the difference about them and the Redskins last year, well, the Redskins got young, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the defensive player from, from Ohio State. And, well, he made an impact right away. Do you see the Cowboys 
rookie, Michael Parsons, having that same impact? And who's the better player in your opinion? Uh, I'll take your take off that. All right. It. Thanks for the phone call, Lewis. Um, okay. Uh, I kind of agree with what you're saying on the Suns as well, too, in regards to your breakdown on that. In regards to the football question, um, you know, um, I, you know, in Michael Parsons, me personally, and I said this on the show, from a, from a need position of the team that I have interest, rooting interest in, Mike, Michael Parsons was kind of like my first choice on the defensive side because they've just been so hungry for a middle linebacker. They've kind of basically have, uh, you know, dropped the ball on that. Speaking of uh, the Denver I speak of, um, when you say the impact of like what Chase Young, what Young had, I don't know about that. I, I think anybody on this defensive side of the ball the bar was set so low last year with this, how bad this defense, and we're talking about a historic bad defense, not just for Dallas history and Dallas franchise history, but in the league. I think there's the opportunity for a lot of people to pop, jump off at the screen at you because you, because with Dan, even though you're switching a format change and a system change, to me with the Dallas defense, you can't go anywhere but up. I don't know if he's going to have the same impact that Chase Young had. But I think his speed from side to side, I think it's going to make the competition in that room is going to make Jalen Smith better. I think eventually Vanderish, even though the option they pick, I think Vanderish is eventually going to be the odd man out, to be honest with you. Um, it's going to be interesting how they, they interchange those linebackers. But I think the question when you look at the Dallas Cowboys defense, because for one, they didn't have a lot of cap money to spend. All right. They didn't have a lot of cap money. They drafted a lot defensively there, but they wasn't really able to tra- – with veterans, I say. Their cornerbacks are still going to have milk in it. They're still young. They're, their corners are still going to be young learning coming in. So I think their linebacker definitely upgraded. Regardless of what Michael Parsons is going to do at this level, he's an upgrade. I mean, he's going to make that unit better. But I think in time, it just depends on Dan Quinn. Like I said, Dan Quinn, I've given him some passes in Atlanta – because he's on that side of the ball because he had some bad luck with injuries, okay? He never really – even the year that they went to the Super Bowl and blew that lead against the Patriots, he, they didn't really have that type of, you know – I don't even know if that was a top 10 or 15 defense at the time. I mean, that was more about their offense at that time. Um, their defense was just enough for bend but don't break. They could get stops. But other than that year, when he showed up out of Seattle and got that job – He's just had some bad fortune with injuries on defense. So I think, you know, the main thing for them is going to be health-wise. But I think when I look at Dallas's defense, the question marks I might still have is really in the secondary and them having to mature, uh, having to get better. You know, so that's the kind of way I see. But I don't know, uh, to your point, I don't know if he's going to really have that impact as, let's say, a young did. I don't I don't know if it's going to be that great of impact. What you got, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I can't see him, I can't see him having that level of an, of an impact. I mean, there's a reason Chase Young went second overall, and it's also right. a very, I mean, similar positions in the way Parsons is going to be used right. maybe a third of the time when he's on the field, but he's not going to be a hands-down, you know, pass rusher, three downs every possession. I mean, that that's just not who he is as a player. But I will say, you talk about the secondary um, definitely. It's, I mean, only, only going to get another year under the under their belt. I mean, they're still very green. But one thing that can make those youngsters look a lot better is getting more pressure on the quarterback. True. I mean, the, the thing that the I think they have the personnel now, or at least guys that can develop into 
uh, starting uh, cornerbacks, above average starting quarterback right. corners in in their secondary already. But if if the front seven can start getting consistent pressure, that's when that's when you start seeing you know solid cornerback play turn into creating turnovers and you know actually having more of an impact on winning and losing. Um, versus just you know how many points they're going to give up as it was last year. I agree with that. That's a, that's well said in the take um, because they are kind of different positions. But um, and you, like you said, there's a reason why he was the number two overall pick. Speaking of young, but I think um, who was the cornerback that did you just mention? The cornerback that really struggled last year, but he started to play better. Toward the end of the year, he was getting burnt up. A young guy. What's my oh man's... the uh, yeah yeah yeah. Oh my gosh, I just the Alabama kid. Yeah yes. Who was my man? I knew both of us should know. Yeah, this. I ain't been. I look, man. I haven't been high on Alabama. I well, I remember I, his name slips my mind, but I remember at that time thinking like I don't know if he's kind of that guy because I, I haven't been high on Alabama quarterbacks until uh, OPS two Patrick Satane is coming out this year. But yeah, but he started to play better toward the end of the year. Um, so that's a bright spot, but they were really limited, and uh, I because that's the reason why I think they had Patrick Sertain as their guy. Because one thing I didn't believe in Stephen Jones and Jerry saying that Micah Parsons was the number one guy on their board. No, I think it was one of those two corners, the kid out of South Carolina and Patrick Sertain. But go ahead. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, there you go. He he was getting burnt bad like early in the season but I think at the end of the year he started to pick up some traction so we're going to see what an off a real off season uh will do for a guy like that but I just think if they had the cap space you would have probably seen them be in competition for one of the veterans cornerbacks out there making a move but I just think they were limited in the cap space of what they could do you know in that regards yeah, so when we get back, we're going to get to uh, Rudy's phone call. Also, uh, definitely, like I said, I want to talk about the Shikari Richardson situation. Uh, definitely get my thoughts on the uh, Rachel Nichols, you know, because as of tonight, I think LA Times reported she's not going to be doing the uh, sideline reporting or whatever. That's going to uh, preview, um, left up to her counterpart there. I definitely want to talk about that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. Today's show is being presented by Hazel Sky and Smoke Shop, San Antonio's number one premier upscale smoke shop. And this next segment is going to be presented by Beto's. If you're looking for an alternative to Mexican food, Beto's is your place. They're located right off of Broadway. They have a lot of different selections from different Latin cuisine on their uh, menu. And also, uh, they launched a breakfast campaign now. Now that you can go get breakfast Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., that is Beto's official sponsor of the sports crime. All right. Uh, Listen, today's Tuesday, right? I keep getting my days. And Tuesday's no I was going to announce, but I realized 
Tuesdays is normally the Tuesdays that we've done the uh, women theme, right? Was it been on Tuesdays? Yeah, and we noticed that. Talked to Sam over the week. I say, hey, man, don't worry about that. We're, the first thing, we're going to go ahead and X that out. So sorry for the women listeners. Like, if you enjoyed that, like, it's nothing personal. We, I'll make it up to you, man. It's just one of those things like, hey, man, you know, it's it's a challenge in finding those artists to keep going. And I said, well, you know what, man? Let's just go. I, that wasn't one of my calls. They caught me on a day off on that one. So that's the first executive decision. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll still tr- play. We'll still play the. <laughs> we'll play the women throughout the week. Just won't be all one day now. Yeah, women audience that I have left. So like, you know what, Cal? Screw you, man. I'll just stick with the hell with that. I was like, hey, man, I'll put that one on. Put that one on Sam. But real quick, before we get to, uh, I want to get to this uh, this athlete here, the Olympic situation with her. But before we do that, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Rudy. Rudy on the sports crowd here on Ticket 760. What's up? Um, I've been listening to y'all since I uh, moved from Louisiana uh, fall of 2006. So that's about 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm still listening, and I'm proud of y'all what you accomplish, and I understand you can get a co-host and producer down the road. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that support you, Calvin, that don't have the time to call because they're working. I appreciate so it, Rudy. Yeah, I got you. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you. I know you've been down with us for a long time, man. I appreciate yeah, that, man. years. Uh, I, I want to say one thing. Mm-hmm. I agree with you about the uh, Spurs. I've been, you know, I spent about 40 years in corporate America, mm-hmm. and they look awfully like somebody that's going to move. If they move between Austin and San Antonio, that's good, because I sure hope they don't move to Las Vegas, because that's where they sent their other two teams from. So just let's keep our fingers crossed and hope they stay in this area. Thank yeah, you, thanks thanks for the phone call, Rudy, and the kind words. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think that's everybody's interest. I Look, man, as much as I've been the guy, the the, the uh, black sheep of the city, no pun intended, on the San Antonio Spurs, the gloom and doom guy and the guy that's critical, I'm smart enough to know how much the Spurs mean, how much pop has meant, how much the Spurs have meant to this uh, this community and especially in our industry. I mean, I honestly don't know if San Antonio has, um, you know, the ticket in the sports station, even though we're a big military town, been growing uh, without the Spurs and the success. Uh, but I've always known that that could possibly be a possibility. I agree with Rudy on that. I, you know, I would hate to see the go to Vegas, but eventually Vegas is going to get an NBA team. But I think with Dale coming on board and the connection with Dale being based and start out of Austin, I think to connect the dots. And like I said, that's the first time I've seen Holt's son speak in front of a camera. Maybe he has before, but that's the first time I've seen him really like. And that's all I wanted is like we've got to get somebody as a face of the owner. I, I mean, we know what pop means to this organization. We know how much pull he has in this organization, but we need a face um, for the franchises and ownership standpoint. So, so basically what, you know, uh, Peter Holt's son was saying is that they're committed to keeping the team here in San Antonio. But I think, I mean, if you go back, even in the, when they built the AT&T center, the discussions were at that time, even at that time, the discussion was, was their property out more of, you know, from 1604 to 35, even going to us, they, they talked briefly about that. But then you had the whole saddle and spurs and the, and the rodeo connection. So it's nothing, you know, it's it's nothing shocking because they've talked it before. But I think from a standpoint, it would still, even being a guy born and raised in San Antonio, um, you know, it would still feel a little weird for me. But uh, without a doubt, Rudy, it's better than them moving, you know, into the desert or anywhere like that. But I think with the Dale connection, I think I'm pretty sure 
that, I mean, you can't never say never, but I'm pretty sure we're safe on that point to where you wouldn't have to worry about them moving that far. But you never know, man. This is a business, and like I said, this team is valued um, at about $1.6 billion, somewhere around there. Would they be valued more in Vegas, Seattle, where they go? Probably would, but I don't think with the Dell connection that would be the case. Um, okay, moving on. I definitely wanted, like I said, this probably story broke last Friday, maybe. Uh, maybe late Thursday or whatever, but in regards to uh, Olympian 100-meter uh, race runner Sh- Shikari Richardson, who pretty much uh, as of last week we found out that had been suspended um, and not allowed to compete in the Olympics in Tokyo because she failed a drug test and she popped for marijuana. Um, I feel that to me... I, you know, this is one thing I look at this. I think the reaction from the standpoint of some of the things that were said on social media, the some of the things said about her in regards to calling her a criminal, um, things like that, I, I felt that there was some undertone to that. Um, but the other part of it is the facts is uh, the rules are the rules. And, and you know, to me, now uh, credit to this young lady, um, she she took full responsibility. I think she went on Good Morning America last Thursday or Friday and did an interview early in the morning and said, hey, I made a mistake. She didn't try to say that, hey, I didn't know this had THC in it. I didn't know it was marijuana. I didn't know what I was smoking. I thought it was just vape. She didn't do that. She took it on head on. And uh, she gave the reason, I think, of losing her mother. Uh, the stress of that um, caused her to say, hey, you know what? I, I need to smoke marijuana. But for the people labeling her criminal, um, I, I totally disagree with that because I think if I'm not mistaken, I mean, from a medical standpoint of use, it's like legal in 36 states already, even from just a medical standpoint. So I don't know about that. It sucks for her. Um, the only bright spot is I know I think she's very young. Um, I don't think this will be her last opportunity to to make an Olympic track team uh, for us. Uh, but definitely wanted to give her credit for at least standing up because that's hard to do in these days and times, even for adults that are older than her, for any prof- and professional athletes from guys that are getting paid millions of dollars. It's hard for them, people, to stand up and take accountability for their actions when they mess up. It's always some fault. So I just wanted to give her credit for that. She made a mistake. She was straight up about it. Um, now, the thing I think that needs to come out of this, though, it comes back to the IOC, the Olympic Committee. I mean, it comes down to, you know, you got all these athletes coming from different parts of the world. Some of in some part of the countries, it's been legal. It's been there already. But now that we're looking at as a as a country for one, but I think even as society, the world, if we're looking at that particular drug in a different light than maybe that we did 20 years ago, 15 years ago. I think the IOC has to really have to ask yourself. It's kind of what I said about the NFL. Do you do you want do you want to test for that? Do you want to test for that? Now, when I've said that, I've heard some people say, well, you know, marijuana can be linked to a recovery process or a recovery drug. But when I think of marijuana in the sense of track and field or Olympics for that mo- most part, I don't look at it as a perform enhancing drug unless they entered the uh unless they entered the hot dog contest or the Munchies contest in in the Olympics with Chestnut, by the way. When is he going to call it quits? 
What the hell Joey Chestnuts got left to prove? I hate to see his intestines uh, about another t- eight years. What the hell does Joey Chestnut still got to prove? He looked like he was in so much pain at the end of that thing. <laughs> like, uh, I, I it, it, that should be the last year. Man, <laughs> Good he's God. broke his record twice in a row. I mean, you know, I know Kobayashi used to be around. He was there, but I'm like, what the hell Joey Chestnut need to prove? But unless you get an eating contest in Olympics, I know people say recovery. I don't look at marijuana as a performing as a drug. I think the thing that comes out of this is that the IOC has to really ask himself, is marijuana, is that something that we want to to basically still, you know, test for? I mean, in a, in a year where skateboarding is about to debut in the Olympics, <laughs> I think it's probably time to stop testing for pot. That's what I think is going to come out of it. It sucks for the lady, but like I said, props for her being straight up forward, say, hey, I messed up. This is why I did it. So I wanted to give her props for that. 736-976. we get back, we'll get to DJ's phone call. You listen to the sports crowd. We'll be back. All right, back here on the sports grind. Broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. Today's show was presented by Hazel Sky Smoke Shop, San Antonio's number one premier upscale smoke shop. Make sure you visit their website at www.hazelskyonline.com where you can shop from the comfort of your own home and check out all their products as well they offer. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Brewster's Backyard Ice House, home of the free popcorn, and also it's the home of the $2.75. $2.75. You call it happy hour every day from 4 to 6. It's a nice family atmosphere as well, too. That is Brewster's Backyard Ice House, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, real quick before we get to DJ's phone call and get out of here, a couple other things we didn't get to. Speaking of failed drug tests of marijuana, um, Josh Gordon has filed for reinstatement for the NFL again. And I'm starting to think, I mean, we've always been about, and I've always been about second chances. Maybe even third chances. But damn, man, it comes a time to where it's like, I don't know if, it, and to me, nothing's been decided on him yet, but part of me feels like Roger Goodell has a soft spot for 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 Gordon. Like, you know, and, and that's understandable because even though I remember saying this is way before I got in the business, but I remember looking at Daryl Strawberry and thinking like, damn, dude, how many chances you going to get? You know, but I, I just think with Josh, it's definitely a struggle. I mean, it's crazy. He doesn't want to get I me. Mean, that's a paycheck. You ain't going to get nowhere else. But I'm going to wait till they rule if they reinstate me or not. But Goodell's got some type of personal type of a warm spot for Gordon. Just the fact to get these meetings to keep getting reinstated. What you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it feels like you can put Gordon right there with Randy Gregory and a few other guys that it seems like, the you know, Goodell's stance on pot has shifted so true, so reverse of where it was. I mean, he he's much more willing, like you said, he's way more willing to take the meetings and actually listen to these guys. Right. And I think what he's hearing is 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 pushing his stance to be way more lenient and, and give more chances. Also, every time... Josh Gordon's name is mentioned or said out loud. It needs to be added on that he led the league in receiving with Brandon Whedon <laughs> and the <laughs> Cleveland true. Browns offensive line. <laughs> like, that is true. That always needs to be remembered. That is true. Good point. Uh, real quick, too. Uh, didn't get a chance to go too much in it, but from the Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols situation, 
Um, if you haven't followed that story, I was kind of following this before this broke. I mean, this is something going back from last year, a year ago. Matter of fact, July 2020, I guess through some audio is leaked. But I've been paying attention to Maria Taylor's contract negotiations with ESPN for the last two or three weeks, even before this came out. But for people that don't know, there was an audio out there. Uh, Rachel Nichols, you know, NBA uh, countdown, all that stuff she's been a part of, all these interview player stuff she has. But she did an audio interview a year ago and was saying that, hey, I I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball um, and says, if you need to give her more things to do because you are feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You're not going to find it from me or taking my thing away. Um, of course, racial lightning bolt here. Um, I, you know, Jalen Rose, people that have worked with Rachel, they're kind of upset with this. ESPN hadn't disciplined her. Look, that's something in Rachel's platform she got. That's something you probably don't want to say publicly, even if you feel that way, even if that was true. Because, I, you know, I think Taylor's very talented. OK, they've got her all over the place. But to sit there and lose your gig and you're being replaced and to sit there that's bad taste. That leads people to sit there and say, hey, well, this is racial motor. You're saying she only got it because she's not black. She's black, and they were trying to fix the diversity. That, that's just bad choice for her to say that. Um, but the other part of it is, I will tell you, in my opinion, I believe, okay, that, um, and, and again, this is no opinion on this. This is just my opinion. But I do believe that Taylor's camp and her agent released this audio, released that out there due to the fact that how negotiations have went with Taylor and the four-letter network. A lot of people have said that she's the next one up. She's the next one coming. Now, there was reports saying she was looking for Stephen A. Smith money, like $8 million a year, and I can tell you they ain't giving her that. But I think they had offered $3 million a year to her too. But me personally, in my opinion, like for this to happen a year ago to this month, the July 2020, and we're just basically hearing about this, I think this was leaked out to kind of put ESPN in a bad light per se, because things can get messy around negotiation time. That's my opinion on that. But that's definitely something to watch for because I know some of her counterparts are like, you're not going to suspend her for this. She threw the company under the bus. She, she threw ESPN that's owned by Disney under the bus. But that's kind of, you know, that's kind of my thoughts on that, that it was leaked on her camp. We got we got time for this one phone call, man. Okay, you're going to have to make it quick, DJ, but let's go to the phone. DJ, you're on the sports ground. you on Ticket 760. What's up, man? Hey, man, I uh, just want to say with everything involved in this new show, awesome job. I, I'm I'm all over y'all with that uh, Phoenix deal, but if Giannis can play five games, I think they could actually win it. And then I'll and what, I'll close with this here, man, because we don't talk about it much. But did you see Chase Elliott in NASCAR win from the back at a new track in Wisconsin? Nobody's ever raced at. Hmm. So I'll leave you with that. All right, DJ. Thanks for the phone call. No, I know you're big on NASCAR. I didn't really pay. I ain't had my ear to the NASCAR circuit race. on that. That was a fun race. It I'm was a fun race. You up. caught yeah, it? Good okay. road course. Okay, I have to maybe take, to take that out and take the highlights on that. But anyway, man, first one's in the books, man. Special thanks to producers of the show. Myself, Calvin. Thanks for Sand Spin, the one and twos. San Antonio, Corpus, Laredo, Austin, people of the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you, it's a snooze button. Before you're out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.
bump. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 